All right. Nice. That's the luck show. You're dancing today. Yeah. Yeah. I am. That's impressive. Doing good. Doing good. Good result in court. We'll do that for you. No, I was not wrong. All right. Oh, I love that song. You were not wrong all I day long. Not, oh, that's that's so true. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know, it's it's uh, interesting. Uh, actually, speaking about today, a very funny thing happened. It was kind of like the, the chickens have come home to roost sort of thing, but in a good way. Um, you know, sometimes you, you plant the seeds of certain things, and then one day when you need that fruit or that vegetable, whatever it is, there it is. It's available for you. And that's the way it is with relationships. Um, that's true not just with your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, brother, sister, father, mother, son, daughter. It's also true with all the other relationships we have. We have uh, vendor relationships. You know, the guy who comes in and fixes the printer, the, uh, even the post office people. Oh, bad example. <laughs> you don't want any relationship with the post office people. No, especially if they go postal in your workplace. They work go postal, exactly right. <laughs> right. But your vendors, you know, the people that you kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis, you, you need to see them as a relationship, I think. Um, and if you do, uh, things can be a lot more pleasant at the end of the day. Um, and opposing counsel in the law. Even there you have a relationship. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, uh, if I'm opposing counsel in a case, I might call up for the first time, you know, that attorney to say, I want to introduce myself. My name is Barack Lurie. We'll be working together. I'll be ruining your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not. You know, hopefully, right. I said I'm, I'm looking. I, I often leave. I look forward to working with you. Yeah. Because that's what we really are. We're working together. We're not here to work, make each other miserable. That's a mistake. That's, yeah. a, that's a young attorney's a, approach. You're to there law. to work out the problems that your clients have with each other. Exactly. And take away the emotion from it and everything else. Yeah. And to also see what the law is for what it is. And not to rub it in each other's faces. It just is what it is. And um, a smart attorney, an experienced attorney will understand that. And they will say, yeah, I look forward to working with you also. And it's amazing, like five years later, you may remember each other, you may not. You might be in a courthouse on another matter. And you say, I think we worked together on another case. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You, you really beat my, my ass on that one. On that one. Uh, and, they'll, and I'll say, no, no, it, it wasn't like that. You were, you know, you, your facts in your case were not so good. I think you did a really great job. Uh, of handling all that. So um, good for you, you know, on that. that it, it's kind of a good relationship that way. I even had an expert witness recently in, a, in a, a big case just now. He was on the opposite side of the case to me. And I said, oh, I remember that guy. We'll call him John Smith. Uh, John Smith, he, we were uh, on opposite sides of the case. And I, I recall that I gave him a little bit of a tough time on the stand. And, uh, but he probably doesn't remember me. This is already like six years ago. So we call him up because we want him to be an expert on our side. And uh, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was knowledgeable. And he says, oh, Barack Lurie, you really just handed me my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I I said, wow, you were giving me far too much credit. My client happened to be with me at that moment, which is nice, but he didn't know that. And I said, you're being too generous with me. I, I think you had just, you know, unfortunate facts on your side of the case. And that's, that's why I was able to ask the questions I did, but thank you for the kind words. Um, anyway, the, the point is we kept the relationship and I was able to use him for my case in the future. There's just no point 
and, and uh, burning a bridge with anybody. I, I've yet to find that. Like I, like I said in, in a previous uh, video that we did together, I, I've said that it's hard to imagine a time where it's really a good idea to burn a bridge. And that's different. That doesn't mean that you have to cozy up with somebody who's really wronged you. I'm not talking about like somebody you know stole money from you and now is in prison. Now you have to hang out with him. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you don't have to obsess about it. You don't have to try to hurt him. Uh, just let it go. Um, hopefully justice will have been done in its own way. If you believe in karma, then maybe karma will take care of that too. Uh, but you get the idea. I had recently uh, another case I want to give an example of. We had a very cantankerous settlement uh, negotiation. It was really one of the hardest settlements I've ever reached. My client called me up. He said that he had just gone through a very tough arbitration. He lost the arbitration uh, to the tune of $500,000, a little less than $500,000. And could I come in and resolve this case for him? Um, I mean, obviously I can't change the, the result, but the idea was, can I get extended payments? Can I get a reduced payment? That sort of thing. What can I do to make this easier for him? And he, he's been a long time client for me. And, and I think he just got behind the eight ball in that case and had an unfortunate result. It happens. And Were you representing him in that case? No, I was well? not. Somebody else was, um, it was a completely different uh, case altogether. I, he called me up after the fact, after he had already received a, a bad judgment against him. So his first mistake was not calling you before the exactly. fact. Exactly. So no, never happened. A, well, you know, actually, he, he would not have called me because I, don't, I didn't do the kind of litigation that was involved. Oh, okay. okay? But what I yeah. could do is to try to resolve the, the amount yeah. and the dispute. And, and, the, and the terms of the settlement. Exactly right. Do we pay over? Well, I've got to tell you, this opposing counsel was such a son of a bitch. He was so difficult to work with. Not only that, but he was riding high because he had won, right? He was on cloud nine. He was victorious. He slammed my client. He had he totally throttled him in, in his opinion, and he did. I think he did a good job. The first thing I said to him is like, gosh, you know, sounds like he did a really good job. I don't know too much about the underlying facts, but look, you won, and that is great. I want to wish you congratulations. Great. And then he said... Uh, and I said, I want to see what we can do about working something out before you actually enter the judgment against my client. And they said, well, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think we're going to go for this, and we can go for attorney's fees, and we're going to punitive damage. We're going to, we're going to do a, add a whole bunch to this. Yeah, he's itemizing what he wants in the catalog. Yeah, and, and, and I said, look, you know, you don't, you don't want my client filing for bankruptcy because if he does, then he – and he started yelling at me about that. Well, if he does, we'll chase him in bankruptcy. And I, I know a little bit about bankruptcy, and I said, you know, maybe yes, maybe no. There's a good argument that – you can't really get this to be. You're, you're not trying forgiven. to express how much pain your client is in at this point, and how much more right. pain he's gonna have. And can we just avoid some of that pain? Exactly you're gonna, right. You're gonna get some money here. You're gonna, okay? get, you're gonna get. You're gonna get paid a serious amount, but we can't pay that amount. It's just too much. So uh, let's work something out. And we went round and round for weeks on this, and there was a lot of hostility. But eventually, I started chipping away, and I found something that we both liked. And we talked about something else. We talked about politics. See, and by God, talk politics and religion with people you don't <laughs> like, and it solves all the problems. Well, we found something in common because we both are Jewish, and we both are conservative. Oh, he's an okay guy. He was a clearly a great guy. Right. And immediately his tone went from 
you know, on a scale of one to 10, really high in the sky, like uh, every word was bile, um, suddenly went down from a 10 to a, like a three. Yeah. Very pleasant. And we just had the funnest time talking. And then at the end of it, say, you know what, let's, I'm, I'm, you know what, we'll talk, uh, how about tomorrow? I'm sure we'll work out something. You seem like a great guy. And I said, by the way, I'm going to be in, in your, in San Francisco. It was, that's where he operated out of, uh, his office was. And I said, I'm going to be in the town. Maybe we'll just grab some drinks or something. And give a coffee. And that'd be nice. It seemed, you seem like a good, a good guy and all that. So we still had not yet worked out the settlement, but I grabbed drinks with them. We had some coffee actually during a, during a seminar that was up there in uh, San Francisco. And we had the greatest time just talking about nothing but just politics and the, how, how great uh, the Republicans were and how terrible the Democrats were and what a change it was and how can anyone vote for uh, the Democrats these days, especially if they're Jewish, things like that. And over time, we just became good friends. And I, I wanted to nurture that relationship. And by God, we had a fantastic settlement at the end of the day. I think his client was happy. Uh, we got a fantastic settlement, one where we could pay over five years uh, at, at relatively minor amounts. And it was a really good result. And, uh, and I kept up the relationship. I didn't just want to lock it in because I could say, say well, I'm done. We're out of here. And uh, you know, just make sure to make your payments on time and you're good to go. But I knew. I knew that one day I might need a favor from this guy, this opposing counsel. So I kept up the relationship. I would call him from time to time. You know, there's always something in the news to talk about, Iran or whatever. And I, and I, and I would forward over an email or whatever, like maybe an email from you. Sometimes you send me something funny and clever. I'll, I'll forward it over to friends. And he would be, and I would send it directly to him. And I would say, John, uh, you know, check this out. Uh, you know, they, they certainly deserve it. Whatever, a little comment, make it personal. And we would kind of rally back and forth. He would talk about his grandkids. I would talk about my kids. And because I knew, I, I know that I might need this guy one day. And I like him. I honestly like him. And sure enough, a year passes by and my client can't make the payment. Whoops. Uh-oh. What now? I can rely on that relationship. I've nurtured that relationship and I did. And I called him up and I said, John, I'm telling you, he can't make this payment. Can we forestall this a little bit longer? And he'll say, he said to me, I'll see what I can do. In the old days, I mean, if, if it, had we not nurtured that relationship, he would have just, you know, gone full throttle with his rights and entered the judgment for the full amount plus some. And then uh, my client would have to file for bankruptcy. Now, who knows what's going to happen, but we've arranged, a structured a new thing that he just agreed to. Very pleasant. And uh, we're paying a little bit of money, um, not the full amount that's due, but a little bit of money to buy some time. And if we don't pay the, the remaining amount by that time, then he gets to keep the small amount that we just gave. He likes it. I like it. My client likes it. It worked out really well. Yeah. And that's the story about how you just need to maintain relationships. It could, you just never know how it's going to come to your advantage eventually. Yeah, and that's the opposite of burning a bridge. That's going completely in the other direction. Right. Nurturing relationships that might not even be there. That's right. Every once in a while, you, you know... You you, uh, you might stumble upon a, an old email from a friend or an old contact as you're going through a contact list, right? And you say, oh, that's right, uh, David Brown. God, what's he up to? You know what? Give him a call. Out of the blue. 
just call him out of the blue. Just and literally just tell him the truth and just say, David, I, I stumbled upon and I realized we haven't spoken in like But a you don't want to stumble you don't want to make that call and say, Hey, I need you someday. Right, exactly. Right. You don't need yeah. <laughs> you want to be authentic and nice and No, no, first of all, it's you should never do this just out of needing somebody. Right. Do it because you like people. I'm just you know, the fact that, that it, it it might help you one day should be a secondary thing. Yes. Do it because we all need each other. The reality is we do. Yeah. We, friends, we, the very word friend is, is, the, is, is, it connotes that we need other people, right? Like a, a husband needs a wife, a wife needs a wife. The, 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 the very notion is that it's a relationship word, right? Um, we, we need people. We can't just be our own little islands. It, it, it does, doesn't work. We're not built for that. We learn best when we learn with other people, right? Um, we become better people um, in terms of goodness when we're doing it with other people, whether it's with your church or synagogue and so on. Or your team or your, your team. Oh, clan good or tribe or people or whatever. Yeah, whatever it's so surprising. Small you know, large group. And, and there's healthy competition and everything. It, it, it's all really good. Um, the point is that these relationships are okay. So call up you know, David Brown in the example I just gave you. Give him a call and just out of the blue, just say, how you doing? I, I haven't talked to you in a year or so. Everything good. I just I stumbled upon your name. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I stumbled upon your name. Just checking in with you. The, David, in that example, will be thrilled that he, you called. And um, maybe he'll bring something up that's uh, relevant to you. Maybe not. doesn't matter. You can rekindle that friendship or relationship. Call him again uh, six months later to, just to follow up. And one day um, you might have something that David Brown handles. And now you can give it to him or vice versa. He'll remember you. It's the funniest thing. So that's a very simple w- reason why it's good to just keep up these relationships. It's so simple to connect with people, right? I mean, in these days, even an email. But telephone is usually the better way to go. But these people, on the other hand now, I want to talk about this, where people, I, I, these, these caustic people who want us to stick it to other people, who want to make a point of, of hurting other people. These people are people that will never get ahead in their lives. Right? And how can you how can you do so? You know such people? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. A lot of them are out there. And uh, they want to see you fail. They want to be angry with you. They feed off their anger. Or they, they're, they're, they're the kind of people, rare people, are completely unforgiving for innocent mistakes or even not so innocent mistakes even when you right. sincerely try to make amends that's right. that's so true oh no matter what you do you, you can never please them right yeah. essentially if you rip the sports analogy again uh uh-huh. they're bad teammates yeah you know if they're yeah. if you're if you're on a sports team with you they might make a good player there but they make you feel so terrible while you're trying to win the game you're right. like i don't want to play with you right that kind of thing um, and, and, and really, at the end of the day, you know, we only have one life. We all could die tomorrow, right? Again, th- this is why cats are superior. <laughs> no, yeah, they're bringing in the cats thing. It <laughs> right. has to come in at one time. It's like, <laughs> like, I'm cutting back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You've been good about that. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we live life, we should live life as though... You know, we, we only have a certain amount of time. No matter what, no matter how long it is, it is a truth, it is a truism to say we, we're only here for so much time. Whether that's 50 years or 100 years or 110 years, who knows? But your time is limited. That's for sure. 
and you should act accordingly. And by acting accordingly, I mean that, that you know, would you be sad if you had, you know, never followed up with David Brown, for example? You die and, and there's no contact with David Brown. Maybe so. Maybe he was a peripheral friend that didn't really matter as much or, you know, but maybe he was somebody that you would have liked to kind of reconnect with. Um, there was something that you wanted to do in your life that you just, you know, you wanted to say sorry to somebody. You wanted to um, explain something to somebody else or just wanted to say one last goodbye to somebody. You know what? Give a call. And, and it can only help you psychologically, uh, personally, and surprisingly, even in business, it'll help you. Um, I, we, we talked about chess a long time ago. And chess is a game not only about strategic thinking and all the other things that we talked about. It's about positioning, right? And positioning doesn't mean like you've got to get it just perfect, you know, figure out exactly where everything needs to be. No. A good chess player, they just get out the freaking pieces. <laughs> they get them out. And so the pieces are moving together in some cohesion. Right. right. Well, what I'm always so surprised about, like you get the knight out, or but let's say both knights out, then both bishops out. Okay, you don't know how they're going to interact. But what you do know is when you get in a mess later on, there's your bishop that you could bring in. He's not stuck behind the pawns in the, in the, in the backboard there. You can actually use him. He's available. Just like my friend John that I gave an example. Had I not brought him out, had I not kind of nurtured that relationship, I would not be able to now rely on him a little bit to kind of call in that chit a little bit. Um, and he became a chess piece for me, so to speak. And, and I mean that in, a, in not in a Machiavellian way. I mean in the most healthy way possible. We all need people. That's the point. And you'll find yourself in a bind every once in a while. You know what? I have even a greater example. Um, and I talked to my wife about this. I talked to a lot of ladies about this, especially wives who are wives. Um, I don't know what it is that a lot of times they are very hostile to their husband's in, um, parents. In other words, the wives, the wives' in-laws. And, and in fact, they're, they're hostile to the family. And there's something uh, in some women, not all, of course, but that feel like they want to pull their husband away from his family. And so that she can have him all to herself and that he would now belong to her family somehow. It's a funky dynamic. I never quite understood it, but there it is. Okay. You're nodding your head. It seemed like, you know, this might, well, yeah, you, know, I mean, you, might, you might know some people like this. It's, it's, well, our, our perspective on it is more um, <clears throat> when we had two daughters, uh, one of the sort of thanks we said to the universe is, oh, thank God, because they will be more likely to be part of our family as the that's, grandparents. That, and that's true. With, women with women do t tend to yeah. rally behind and, their, and their original families. Right. I wasn't thinking in terms of nastiness or being mean. It was just sort of a reality. Usually the daughter's parents that's become true. the, they're, they're the more, it's, it's more positive to say that they are more, uh, they remember their family more and, and, and sons tend to drift away a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but but there is that on the negative side of it. A lot of times they do these. I wouldn't even say nasty things. They they, they do it unconsciously. They don't realize that they're. Yeah. They try to keep their man away from his family. Right. Create wedges behind, between people. Wedges. And, yeah. And you know I want to talk about my former sister-in-law. Um, when I first met her, uh, nice. We got along really well. But very quickly she started doing exactly what I just described. Even though I was living in the same town, she kept me away from my brother. She would find excuses 
um, to not have me come over, to not, even though I volunteered, I was single at the time, it was easy for me to come over. I was always volunteered to come over there. She found ways to kind of push me off. Only when she needed me, that's when she would let me come in and she would even call me at that time. Um, my brother didn't see it very often because I, and I would say, hey, let's get together. I would call my brother and my brother would say, oh, just talk to, uh, right. to my wife. <laughs> Yeah, and I, oh god, like, god, it was like, no, I don't want to do that. Can you just make it happen? So, it, it, sure, it, I can make it happen, but just talk to her. I, yeah, I, I, I just live here. She does all the thinking, right? You know, <laughs> and all I could think to myself, and she would, you know, when I was with her, she would make nasty comments to me. You know, she would make. Were they definitely pleasant. nasty, or were they just definitely nasty? Oh, okay, nasty comments. She would also kind of, and she'd also be very snippy with me, and she would never. She would never seek out my friendship, and we, we never had a relationship at the other day. And I sought it out. I wanted it. I wanted her friendship, but she didn't want mine. And she saw me as somebody that might take away my brother and something like that. And here's the funny thing. is It's, it's that expression, hold on loosely, but uh, not too tightly if you, you know. 38 special. Exactly right. And, and that applied there, too. <clears throat> but... Hold on. That was a band in the 70s. That's right. Okay. That's right. I just wanted the... <laughs> right. Um, but, but there's, and there's a lot of truth to that. But the point is that I, I just couldn't fathom to myself, my, my chess-oriented mind, I thought to myself, why is she not doing everything she can to be my best buddy? And, and not only that, it was also my other siblings. I have two other siblings, two sisters. She was not very close with them either, even though they, you know, maybe she could relate to them on a female-female basis. Even then, she was distant, and then she was distant with my parents. And <clears throat> it was like she had this constant wall up on. And I thought, was you, she close to her own parents? Yes, yeah, she was. But at the end of the day, think, you know, she just made sure to burn every bridge possible. She just made it clear that she didn't like me. Um, and, and as much as I reached out to her, and she did the same with my other siblings and my parents. And then one day, she made a very stupid mistake. She had an affair. I was going to say she needed uh, legal help and got into yeah. a lawsuit with you. But... No, no, she, she, made a, she made a big mistake. You know, um, and, she, and because of this, there was no one in the family to tell your brother, yeah, you know, be forgiving. You know, she's a nice girl. But, exactly. You know. Exactly. So, wait, hold on. So, so, so she did this terrible thing. It was terrible. I, I don't even describe how bad it was. It oh, was, come on. That there's, there's, good. there's adultery and there's adultery. And this was adultery with uh, three capital A's. It was terrible. And <clears throat> she, you know, now she tried to turn to me. And what did she hear on the other end of the phone? Click. No, not <laughs> click. Silence. Yeah. And um, I simply said, well, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, that this all happened. I guess you'll just have to live with it. And that was that. And had she nurtured a relationship with me, I'm not saying that it would have saved their marriage, maybe, but at the very least there was some hope. She could have easily had me in her pocket to say to my brother, look, brother, I don't want to say my brother's name. Look, brother, uh, you know, she made it. She totally effed up. And I know her heart. I, she's a friend to me. And I just, you know, I, I would help him see reason. I would help him strip away the emotions that he no doubt had about the whole thing. Yeah. I would try to be the wise man for him to, to be mature, to be objective, all those things. I could do that for him. Instead, want to divorce her? Sounds about right. Well, I mean, to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do that. Just say, uh, whatever. 
And uh, that's all I said. Whatever you need to do. I'm with you. I fully support you. How, how does so that... I'm, um... I'm, I'm being the good guy, and I, but I had no eagerness on my part to help out my fictional friend because she wasn't a friend at all. How, how would that, though, potentially conflict with the idea of not burning bridges? Because could you have, in a way... Now, I'm not saying that that was not one of those rare cases in life where it's appropriate to burn that bridge because right. that's an awful thing to do to someone you love that she did. But Oh, I, let me let me make it very clear. It's actually very consistent with what I said already. She did something so horrific, uh, and I'd rather not go into details of it. Yeah, it, it was really horrific, and it's probably not forgivable. And I don't blame my brother for divorcing. Um, but like I said, I could have been in her corner and, and helped my brother see things more... Rationally, and in fact, I might have viewed it from her perspective a little bit more, but it didn't happen because she was such a, a, a non-friend to me. And what I did is, I—it's not that I encouraged him to divorce. I said, "Whatever you need to do, I'm here for you, brother." Yeah, that's what I said, and I, and I didn't go out and try to destroy her. That's the burning bridges part. Oh, okay. So I don't need to be her friend. She was yeah. never my friend for my 25 years or so. I'm not going to seek her out now, especially after what she did. Uh, we did, you know, I bumped into her from time to time at this or that family function. She was at my niece's uh, high school graduation, and I went there, and I saw her. And I simply said, uh, well, I'll, I'll call her sister. Um, oh, hi, sister. Uh, okay, how you doing? Great. I was civil. And yeah. it was clear. I made it clear I didn't really want to talk to her anymore, but... I just, she didn't matter to me. Yeah, the formality of her conduct spoke the subconscious of the relationship. And, uh, very well said. You know. Very well said. That, that's, all, that's, that's all it was. And, uh, you know, we went through the motions of saying hello, and that's about it. And uh, she knows how I, I just have, you know, I do have contempt for her. Uh, but she's a non-entity in my life at this point, And I don't wish her bad uh, at all. I, I hope she realizes the error of her ways. I don't think she has. Uh, she's come to believe that somehow she's right. It's just—it's one of those maddening things, but that, that's her problem. Yeah, well, sometimes when people do absolutely horrible things, the only way they can live with themselves... Is they rationalize uh, it yeah, in a funny way, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and there's so many ways that people could, could come clean on that, and, and people want to forgive. That's the funny thing. But that's another topic for another day. We already did that topic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but wanting to forgive is a different topic. Yeah. The human nature to want to forgive. Well, the, and and you yeah. can you can tap into that too, and as long as you're really sincere about it, you can enjoy fantastic benefits. If you are, you know, cop to your faults and your mistakes, by golly, you're going to have a, a great life. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, that's it. Anyway, so speaking about my my sister-in-law, speaking about a lot of different people like like that, they they fail to see how important it is to maintain friendships, maintain relationships. Or or cordiality, even if it's cordiality. not a friendship. Yeah, it, it's, it didn't sound like it was ever the kind of thing that you and her were going to go to the ball game together. No. But she's never had to be nasty. That's right. Know. All you need to do is just, you know, talk once in a while on the phone and, and yeah. kind of ask how the kids are and such like that. Smile and say yeah. hi when you're at functions. Not be icy. You know, don't use the visual yeah. dagger. Yeah, she sure. never gets you anywhere. Yeah, and it never serves any purpose. And, and for my own brother's sake, I, I make sure never to... Um, say nasty words to about her to him i don't think i need to i think he already feels it anyway but um you know i i've only marveled with my brother the what i've marveled with you which is i never ceased to amaze me how she never 
thought for a moment that she might need me one day. And that was that always was a stunning thing to me. How the lack of foresight in that. I guess I guess that's the main thing I want to kind of you know demonstrate today. You you just don't know. I mean, you have some foresight for well, especially uh, you know there are going to be a lot of people you know all over the world who are listening to this yes you know, it's true. podcast because you know you're vast. Well, we, we've reached millions at this point. But we're in Los Angeles here, where you have this thing called the entertainment industry, right? And you also have a culture here where. People can go into the most expensive restaurant looking homeless, and they're billionaires. Right. Or the right. crappiest restaurant looking homeless, and right. they're billionaires. Right. You never know who's who in this town. Right. That's why That's they, I think they have magazines called Who's Who, in fact, or they use right, to, right? right. Uh, but it's, it's always been uh, astounding to me, being from the entertainment business, mm-hmm. how nasty people would be to other people without any clue of who they are. I mean, you know, I know who a producer was. Right. And I'd see some young actor just this guy's yeah. in a conversation he's with the person. This guy's just bad mouthing people and being short and curt and asks this guy. And afterwards I wanna say say to the young actor, Do you know you were just talking to? You know hmm. you were just a total you know what to? Right. But I don't do that because why help them? Right. If you're if they're that much of an ingrate, yeah. why bother? Right. Oh, it's so interesting that you say that. That's a very good point. Uh, we have uh, we're constantly interacting with people, and, and we don't realize how we need them, but, or, or or how we could it could be hurting us to not be nice. And it, it, does it take that much effort to be nice? By the way, no, right? It takes effort to be a. It takes work. <laughs> I, I, I think it takes an effort. You do too. But maybe for some other people, it's it's in their nature to do so. Maybe it's hard for them to be nice. Who knows? I, I, look. <laughs> You know, it, it, to me, it's my nature when I go, you know, I, I, I work in a building like, like many people do. I have an office and, and I, along the way, I meet people, the people who are the security guards first, that there's a cleaning lady. The parking people. The parking people. Some other people in other offices in right. the elevator. What's so hard about as you leave the building, as you come, or as you come to the building, say, you know, we have three security guards. I know all their names at this point. I make sure to know their names and just say, What's going on? But How even if you don't know their names, some people aren't good at things. That's as true. long as you say good morning, yeah, just good they morning. They think you know your name. Yeah, or you don't even have to. They they may know that you don't know their name. That's yeah. fine. But as long as you you respect them, respect them as God's creatures. That's it. Yeah. They because they are. It doesn't matter what they're doing in their lives. God's creatures. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The people who work in Los Angeles as security guards and valet parkers and the people who work parking attendant jobs yeah. control your universe. That's right. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you never and you never know how they might be helpful to you in the future as well, right. uh, or how they can hurt you in the future too. Yeah. You never know. Um, let me give an example. A great day. Um, I had a an employee here who, uh, a file clerk, he was not a very good file clerk, and he was a bit of a saboteur. You know, he had, he had some, there was something a little bit odd with him. I had to let him go. I let him go in a polite way. I, I gave him a little bit uh, to leave with and everything else, but I told him that he had to go, and we had to go now, because every day was a little bit dangerous to have him. Well, it so happened that he... was he, polishing the gun going, I am the angel of death. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that, that, that would be a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. But... He had a, uh, he had, while he was here, he ended up having a girlfriend here who was a receptionist. And previous to, to him being uh, her boyfriend, she and I got along really well and everything was fine. And then once I let him go, 
she was still here. She didn't belong. She didn't work for my firm. She worked for the, the our our landlord, and she uh, started giving me very cold looks. And I thought, oh boy, here we are. But I I ignored them, and I constantly would say, hey, we'll call her Janet. Hey Janet, great great to see you. Hey Janet, uh, how's the day? And she would give me muffled responses and everything else. Okay, this would go on like this for two or three months, and I would and then. Uh, it, then she told me at one point, uh, how's it going? Uh, and she said, well, I'm going to be leaving this firm. And I said, oh, it's too bad. I, what are you going to be doing? And she's going to say, the day that I leave, I'm going to destroy your law firm. And I said, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I just joked around. Oh, that's very cute. <laughs> and and I thought, okay, we got a problem We're here. calling the cops, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. So Homeland when, Security, get but, on the no-fly list. Yeah. And I knew, that, I knew the day that she was going to leave. Okay, that much I knew. So I'm, I'm bracing. I'm thinking to myself. So what do I do? Because I knew she was leaving at 5 o'clock that morning, uh, that, that, that afternoon. What do I do? I go to uh, the supermarket, get a really beautiful bouquet of flowers, a really nice note card with it. I spent like 40, 50 bucks on these flowers in the card. Wrote a nice note saying, Janet, it's been such a, a, a nice time with you here. You really brighten my day every day that I come in. Uh, you're a sweetie pie, and I wish you best of luck wherever you are going. Please feel free to call me anytime if you ever need a reference. So if you want flowers, be really mean to Broadway. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but listen, so, so you, are you with right. me? Okay. So I gave it to her, and she was so happy. She started crying. She hugged me. She said, I'll miss you too. You were so, you've always been so sweet. And I'm sorry. I destroyed I, every hard drive no, in your... <laughs> I completely nixed switched that. Her, yeah. I completely turned her around. And um, I, I, I just simply demurred to her anger. I did not accept her anger. Instead, I assumed that she, I just assumed the best in her, and I, I showed her that I was assuming the best in her. And she didn't touch anything in my office. Um, to me, I'm very proud of that, how we handled that. I thought it was a very good thing to do. I've taught a lot of my associates how to handle these things. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to think about these. you got to think about the relationships, the people that you're going along. You never know how you're going to have to deal with them, how they can hurt you as well as how you might need them one day. So say hello to the security guards. You don't have to know your name. You're absolutely right. I happen to know their names. I got, after some time, I, you, you learn it. It's only three names. And you see them every day. Um, likewise, there's a, a very nice uh, uh, cleaner that comes by here every night. She barely speaks English, but I got to know her Facilities name. Facilities engineer, please. Yeah, that's exactly right. I gave her a Christmas bonus. Uh, very few people would give her a Christmas. She doesn't work for me. She works for the building, but I... But you know what? She has access to all my files and everything else. And yeah. I know, now, now I've accomplished two things. One is, I know if she does anything, if she has any inclination toward that, she's not going to hit my office. <laughs> right. Right? And secondly, if anyone, if she sees anything bad happening, she will tell me. Yeah. And secondly, and third, she's a nice person. I like her. She deserves it. it, it it's all the right thing to do. So um, being nice to people, but just recognizing that they are God's creatures and that, you know, there but for the grace of God, you could be the same person. That's right. Right? So wouldn't you want to be treated that way yeah. too? Well, I, I think it, it goes down to a very basic human thing that some people get and other people don't get, which is we all like acknowledgement. And right. since we have the power to acknowledge, or if you're putting in terms of man-woman relationships, in the case of women, giving them compliments. Yeah. Because women eat, breathe, and sleep compliments. That's right. that's, that's... Give people acknowledgement. Make people acknowledgement. go out of your way and make people feel a little better. Right. Life is hard. It, 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 it feels is so good hard. when you make me feel better. I make you feel better. Why not 
these people it, it, just because it, they don't work for you each and every day. That's or, right. It doesn't cost you a dime. It doesn't cost you a second. In fact, it, it actually oh, it, helps it you. It earns it you, you dimes and seconds that's right. in terms of makes you feel good. That's right. It feels good to smile. I don't know if the listeners out there, your listeners who are right. brilliant, know this. Right. It feels good to smile. It does. <laughs> you it know? Does. No, it's very rewarding. And, and you see the connections among people. Yeah. And, and, and you also, those people that, that, that see the world as a very small place, those people tend to um, have a lot of connections. They tend to have a lot of uh, friendships. They're very social. And they view the world as a small place because they are social and friendly and yeah, connected. Versus a big lonely place. Right. Big lonely place yeah. are people that – it's almost a great interview question. Do you view the, the world as a small world or a large world? If you see it and they answer, then you can kind of know a little bit about that person. Right but away. I do want them asking first, is this a true question about that ride at Disneyland? Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. As long as we don't go to the cat area again, then I think we're okay. Uh, another huge story I want to share with you. There was a uh, parking guy in our old building, not this one. And uh, again, I would always say hello, and uh, frankly, I forget his name right now. But he was a very nice man, and I, I, you know, I think he was nice because I was always recognizing him. And every, every once in a while, you know, parking was difficult, but my wife would come to visit. And guess what? They found a way to let her park, you know, in the valley area without charging her. Just she, they always took care, good care of her because I asked them to. Uh, just seeing so the listeners out, we're Jews, and we value nothing more than free parking. <laughs> okay. I know I do. I, I'm no, not stereotyping. Right. Yes, you are stereotyping. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's a true it's true. It ain't true. Because what, what the truth is, is what we really value is Chinese food. And air conditioning. But free parking on the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is that it's it's difficult to park in that lot. And it, yeah. it made, you know, not easy for her. And she... You know, they, they went out of her way to help her because they knew that I took care of them, that I was nice to them is more important than the fact that I gave them money every Christmas. I was just nice to them. That's all they really wanted. And in that, that crunch time when, you know, the world is a small place. It is small. And you'll be surprised. That moment when your child is about to run out on the street, suddenly the stranger that knows you will be there and he'll stop your kid. Just at the right moment, yeah. And and he'll stop him. He'll take the extra step to stop him because he knows you. He sees you as a human being, not as the guy who works in the building. So anyway, look, I, I we'll wrap it up like that. But um, I love this topic. It's all about relationships. At the end of the day, uh, you'll never be unhappy uh, trying to maintain and nurture relationships. Never. All right, folks. This has been the Lori Law Podcast. Very good. Yes, sir.